Well, thank you very much. It sounds like a, a really fun group that you've got there. And you can hear me okay way at the back? Yes. 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 <laughs> Great. So I'm sitting in my, uh, in my office in, uh, in Kyneton in central Victoria. Um, I grew up on a dairy farm north of Bendigo. And I guess all this crazy business around uh, helping young people on the farms and retiring farmers step back came from my experience uh, as a young boy walking back from the, the dairy farm with dad. And I said to him, I was about eight years old, and I said, Dad, when do I get the farm? And he just laughed at me and uh, said, you're not getting it. Uh, we're selling up. I didn't get given a farm. You're not getting, give, you're not getting this farm. How else are we going to retire? And um, so at age eight, I knew I'd never be a farmer. And I think that's the mentality that thousands, uh, maybe millions of people across the world have is that unless you inherit the farm, give up on that dream and do something else. And I think that's terrible. Uh, there was an article just yesterday from the ABC talking about farmers stepping back from their family farm and corporates coming in buying or the neighbours buying it and there was no solutions and it makes me angry because there are plenty of solutions um, for anyone who wants to stay involved in their farm and, and hand their farm on to kids that aren't their own or for next generation farmers who want to own a farm there is plenty of ways for you to get yourself onto a farm uh, it, it just requires a bit of hustle and, and hard work and dedication so today um, uh, Matthew's asked that I just give you a bit of an outline of what we're doing, throw lots of ideas, and I'll just talk for 20 minutes, but I'm keen to have a discussion because I think it's more fun to hear from you, um, and hopefully I'll just get you to think maybe uh, a little bit differently about your own situation or people you know um, on how you could step back from your farm or how you might scale up by partnering with someone, or um, I'm not sure there, there are any aspiring farmers there, or has everyone there got a farm, is that the situation? Everyone's on the farm already. Yeah, but there's a few. Uh, succession has already come up. It's definitely a topic for a lot of people. Right. It's, um, it is a it is a hot topic, isn't it? And you hear uh, even some stats that only thirty percent of farmers have thought about succession or talked about it with their family. So um, something's going on. Um, yeah. Now let me click some buttons. Let's see if this works. Uh, if I share screen. Can you see this? Uh, yep. Uh, let's go view. Yep. What about now? Yeah. Yep. And you can still you can still see my buff head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just a little bit right in the top corner. We can. But, uh, but is that what we want to see? <laughs> yeah. No, we don't want to see. You don't want to see me. I don't think so. This is perfect. So I'll just run through some ideas, and I think talking to Matthew, this is the concept I want to unpack. Is how you realize the long-term vision for your farm. So we always talk to farmers wanting to step back and we say, let's get rid of any preconceived ideas you have. Just think about, uh, and don't worry about how it can happen, but just think about what it is you want for your farm for the future and just write that down. Uh, that's what I encourage you is that we're not here to tell you what, what it is you, you want for your farm or how your farm, farm can be um, farmed into the future. Uh, in a way, we don't care. We just want to know that you what you want for that farm and how you want to be involved in it ongoing. And in, there are so many ways to make it happen. There's lawyers and accountants and advisors everywhere who can help you realize the details. The issue is you knowing what you want. So just giving you some inspiration that um, there are plenty of pathways for you to step back from your farm or, or realize the vision for your farm. So Cultivate Farms is the, the entity we set up probably five years ago. We've been trying to figure out what this is and 
Uh, we realised that we are a matchmaking service and we never set out to be the Tinder farming. Um, it, it was all just as that was sort of happening. But we realised that this is just about relationships. There are farmers out there who are aspiring farmers who want to own a farm. There are retiring farmers who don't have kids to hand the farm on to but don't want to leave. And there are people with money, uh, local people and high net worth individuals all over the, the country who want to get into farm, farming but don't know how to run a farm. So we've realised... We can be the connector. We can just match people who get along and, and, uh, and they can work out the details once they've been matched up on how they can transition or whatever it is they want to do with that farm. Um, so that was, a like, I think it was about three years ago after a couple of years of doing this, we realized it can be as simple as that. This is just connecting people. And the issue in the ag industry is that, uh, or in the farming world, is people have a, um, a network probably just around their own farm, which isn't that extensive. But if we can promote it across the whole of Australia, you can you can easily find someone that you get along with and trust and you're happy to wake up in the morning and know that you've partnered with. We show this diagram to inspire next-gen farmers that there is a pathway for you to own a farm and it's long and windy and you need to be persistent. But if you can find one person, you only need one person to back you and they could that's either a retiring farmer or investor and you could own a farm. So get out there and go on this journey of discovery and training and get a job and get it, maybe do some contracting work, lease some land and eventually that might all lead to someone wanting to co-own a farm with you or share their farm ownership with you. But keep on that pathway. It's possible. And I think what's lacking at the moment is young people don't know there is that hope of ownership. So they go off like I did and did something else with their life and we're saying, no, nah, it's possible. It's hard work and it's going to take a while. And it requires a little bit of luck, um, but it's absolutely possible, so stick at it. And I guess this journey diagram can be the same. You could use the same way. I've been trying to figure out how to represent it for, for farmers looking to step back. There's a, there's a pathway for you realizing your vision, and it's putting, it's working with somebody, employing somebody, and just figuring out if they're the right person, understanding what sort of person you are and how what you want to share with your farm and what you don't want to share and what... You, how you want the farm to be managed and how you don't want it to be managed. It's this journey of understanding what it is you want as a farmer and as a person with your farm uh, before you might be even willing to think about sharing ownership. Um, so the lessons we've learned, I've just tried to nail these down for this presentation, is around probably two, aspiring farmers and retiring farmers. One is aspiring farmers are out there thinking that they need to save the money themselves to buy their farm and we did a back of the envelope calculation and if you did that on the average wage you'd be eating two minute noodles for 32 years before you get enough money to get a deposit for the average farm in Australia and we think that's pathetic and that's that's uh, not going to inspire many people to follow their farming journey and we know there's heaps of solutions to rectify that and then from a retiring farmer point of view I think most people think there's only a handful of options for what they can do with their farm and they think it's either you die on it your kids get it or you sell it and we're saying, no, there's plenty of more options out there. Uh, and the other lesson we're learning with the retiring farmers is that uh, they just don't want anybody to walk up and take this farm or they hate the idea that um, the next generation farmer isn't good enough or they're not going to love it as much as they do. Uh, and we want to say, again, focus on why we, what we're doing, which is on relationships, and we, we will not support any match uh, that doesn't align, uh, get two people together or a group of people together who have the same values. We're all about uh, matching people who get along so that when you wake up in the middle of the night uh, and think, what have I done? You're, you're very confident that you've, you've picked someone that you're happy to, to work with and, and maybe share ownership with.
So us as Cultivate Farms, what's our, what's our mission? We're all about breaking down barriers, and most of those are mental barriers that for young people that they can own a farm, so it's worth sticking at it. And for retiring farmers, that there are many options out there to realise the vision for your farm. And even breaking down barriers for investors, we're trying to get locals to unlock their money, in the sh- get it out of the share market, invest into local farms. Just trying to get people to break down that mental barrier around farm ownership because we think if we can do that, we can get to our long-term vision, which is rejuvenating farming communities across Australia. Uh, we, we, Myself and the co-founders, Tim and Tegan Hicks, who are these people on the screen at the moment, and therefore kids, we're the, we're the founders and we're all from the bush and uh, we want to get young people back to communities and we want to keep retiring farmers in the community and we want the footy clubs full and we want the netball clubs and uh, we want the community thriving and we reckon we've got something here around ownership that if we can show it's possible to own farms, thousands of people will be coming back uh, because that is this underlying driver for most people is they want to own a farm and that means different things for different people but uh, ownership is so key uh, and and at the moment there's no hope and we're saying no, there is hope and let's start reversing the, the trend. So now I want to throw at you a number of examples of, of matches we've made uh, just to give you ideas and, uh, and also at the end of it, just talk about some questions you can ask yourself as, you're, as a farmer wanting to potentially step back or get someone on board, some, just some questions to help you understand what it is uh, you want and then I'll wrap up and we can do some, do some questions. So uh, this farm is uh, 3,500 acres in central Victoria, so my grade three teacher uh, uh, is uh, Judy Hocking and uh, she's been following my journey on this business and one day she rang me up and said, Sam, I've just lost my our employee and uh, Charlie and I are never going to leave this farm. Our kids don't want it but we want to be matched with a farmer and how about it. And So they've got 3,500 acres in central Victoria and it's a great operation and we put a call out and we found a farmer for them and now they're off working through a farm ownership transition model uh, which is a bit of a 12-month get-to-know-you phase and then uh, and I don't know all the details in this one because they're, they're fine working it through but some sort of equity arrangement where the young farmer is going to be earning their way in over time. But, but now this young farmer has, I think it's something like a $10 million farm they're going to be earning their way into which is just ridiculous and that's all through matching, it's just through relationships and that young farmer being out there showing that they love farming and then being there at the right time to see this promotion on Facebook and they're on their farm. It's, it's, the options we're providing here are amazing. Um, the next is Hazel Bray. So in Tassie, you might have heard of them. They're winning lots of awards, a hazelnut farm. And they're a young couple, actually. And they came to us and said, look, we, we're good at scheming and doing lots of business ideas. And we've got a few other business ideas. And we're, we love Hazel Bray. We don't want to step back completely. But we want to get a farmer to co-farm with us and set up a share farm arrangement. And we said, fantastic, this is great. This is why we want people to think about this is how do you scale up your operation by getting a Top Gun farmer to farm alongside you. So we found, we put a call out and um, a couple applied and now they're setting up their share farming arrangement and uh, they're very happy, uh, which is really exciting. Then this this farm is interesting. I just got an email from the vendor um, uh, the other day. So... Uh, there's a, a couple who um, have just 60 acres, so it's not a massive farm. We've got a bit of timber and some um, and some cattle. And uh, we did match them with a young couple. And then over the last six months, they've been trying to figure out how a model could work. This one isn't a viable operation in and of itself, so they not require some off-farm income. And so this couple moved out from Melbourne, lived on a house nearby. But recently, they realized it didn't work. 
uh, the match just wasn't going to work. Either they didn't I unpack fully, but they either um, didn't match in their values or they, they couldn't see how it could work financially. So now we're, we're putting the call out for another farmer. Um, but I guess this is to show you that we are so much focused on relationships. So they, didn't, they hadn't signed anything formally. They knew they would be very soon, but it was a getting to know you period and they worked on the farm and got to know each other. But it just didn't work and that's fine. And now they're off finding a, another match. Um, and that's, again, the service we're going to provide is we'll, we'll help find your match and if that doesn't work, we'll go again until you do find the right people to, that you're happy to transition ownership to. And we have 24 farms across Australia right now with retiring farmers wanting to step back and back a Top Gun farmer. And we have a stack in Tassie, actually. Um, so please do check it out um, just to get your eye in for what people are thinking about in terms of farm ownership. But all these farmers don't know exactly what the arrangement might be with a farmer, but they know they're happy to share ownership and they want to step back. And, and we're here to help find that farmer and then also nurse them through discussions with their advisors, lawyers, accountants, etc., on how a transition could work. But just they've all gone through that phase of, all right, I want to step back. I don't want to completely move away from this farm. I want to stay involved. Find me some farmers. I'll uh, see if we can um, uh, get along with them and then let's work out an arrangement. Um, so please check that out and, and tell everyone you know about what we're doing because we need more matches to get more people to think about this and, and we, we can go a long way to getting more people on, on farms. Some aspiring farmer examples. Um, one, probably the highlight that I've just focused for today is uh, Free Range Pig Farm in Central Victoria. Um, we did what we think is the world, a world first program where we got 13 farmers to pull a farm investment proposal together across Australia and we sat down with an investor one day and went through all of them and this investor backed the best farm which is this Freeland Pork Farm in Central Victoria and um, this is Mark and their youngest daughter Heidi uh, on the farm and uh, they've been farming now for a year with an investor. So they co-own the farm together and everyone loves the, the partnership and arrangement. It's really exciting. The investor feels like they're, and they have backed a great uh, entrepreneurial couple and the, and the farmers are on a farm that they, they are earning their way into owning 50% of the land. They already own 50% of the business and we can talk about the arrangements later uh, but now they've got a target to own and build their wealth over time and once they hit that target they'll probably go again and buy another farm together uh, but it's a really, really exciting opportunity and we're doing this again actually, um, getting uh, farmers to pitch uh, next year to this investor. And there are thousands ready. Uh, we've got 800 members on our database, uh, thousands of conversations I've had and the team have had over the last few years uh, that we understand what it is a young farmer wants and also what retiring farmers are after. Uh, it's now just get the word out, find more farms um, and, and get more matches happening to prove this is possible. So I just want to let you know, just different arrangements, and these are just a few. I've got a blog post describing this, but um, just wanted to say there's so many different arrangements out there on how your ownership transition could occur. Uh, there's leasing, obviously, share farming, lease to buy, there's vendor finance, like the collaborative farming or uh, equity arrangements. Um, and each of those have so many variations within them all. Uh, I think, again, the main point is if you're willing to share ownership, there are so many young people out there who would love that uh, and are happy to work knowing that there's that carrot at the end uh, for them to go for which is ownership and it's not even only 100% of it, it's just having f some form of ownership is, is so key for them. So some lessons we're finding is um, 
if you are thinking about transitioning, get in as early as you can um, because it takes time to find the right person. We've had some farms up there for two years and others that have been up there for a month and be matched. So it's just you never know how long it takes to find the right person because it's all about trust. Um, so please get out there and, and start thinking about who you might want to partner with as early as you can. Uh, and we do believe offering a charity of ownership is key. Uh, so that might not be fine, uh, not, might not be an outcome for many of you and that's fine as well but we're just realizing this ownership is a big carrot and can help unlock some really great people if you can't offer ownership there's still it still would be a great uh carrot if you're offering them to to get involved in the business somehow but we're just realizing that ownership is, is such a key thing and then finally finding your farm vision just some questions that were we give to our retiring farmers to for them when they contact us we go this is great that you're keen on this, but please just take some more time, take a week or two or however long you need and just go through these questions just so you're confident this is really what you want and just so you're confident you've had a conversation between yourselves if you're a couple um, that you're both on the same page with what you want for this farm because it, it's we get it. Farms are an emotional thing and a full-on thing and your life and your business and, every, and just uh, your family are so intertwined. So we're going to make sure people are uh, fully aware of what they're doing and, and happy with it. So... We get people to think about how much do you want to own of the farm? Do you want to own 100% of the land forever or you want your family to? You're happy to share ownership of the business or you're happy for the farm to be bought out over time or straight away? What we, again, we don't care. It's just knowing you knowing that is so key. Um, do you want to hand it to your kids? So you might have kids that don't want it but they want to own have ownership. So you can set up entity arrangements where the new farmer has some ownership and so do your kids. Uh, and your kids have first right to buy it back. There's all these creative things you can do which still offers ownership to, to all parties. Uh, what are your timelines for your ongoing involvement? Do you want to be out in two years, five years, never? Um, just understanding that. Do you want to continue to farm? Do you want to be employed back as a farm worker or, or be involved in the day-to-day -day or just sit on the board or, or how do you want to be involved in the farming operation? How often do you want to visit? Do you want to stay on a, on the pit, on a, the property uh, houses on the property or... Do you want to just move into town um, or, uh, yeah, do you just want to come back on weekends or once a month or once every six months or, or never again? Just understanding how often you want to be involved is key as well. Knowing what you're nervous about. So are you afraid that some young punk's going to come in and destroy your farm? Uh, knowing what you're nervous about, I think it's very key and just making sure we're working backwards from that. And then lastly, have you got any financial pressures on you, i.e., you need to pay off the bank or... Um, you've got family who need the money or you want to put a nest egg aside, whatever it is, just knowing your finances so that when a farmer does come to you, you say, hey, I need X amount of dollars up front even for this to start um, or no, no, I don't need any, I'm happy for earnings just as long as I get X amount of dollars a year out of this or, or whatever that arrangement might be. But they're the, the seven key questions we get people to, to work through and I think once you work through them, you have a pretty good understanding of whether this is something you want to pursue and, and also helps you get your eye in on what sort of farmer you're, you're after. So that's it. Uh, I hope that is clear enough, probably a bit vague, um, but um, that's the, the nutshell of what we're doing. It's all about relationships and um, helping people sh to share and co-own farms together. Wonderful. All right. Well, I might just get you to go, yep, back to your video, Sam, and then we can do some Q&A. Right. Radio. Now, I'll repeat any questions if you can't quite hear them over the mic, mate. Right? Yep. All right. Um, I'll start off banks. Uh, where, where do the banks fit into this? Uh, you get that? Yep, banks. Oh, banks. Good. You hear that? That's right. I yeah, I could hear it. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, they sit just on the side. Um, again, they, they'll come in and provide debt to whoever uh, and whenever. Uh, the, but the first thing is making sure you get a relationship. So if it's the young farmer has half a million dollars to put in and there's a half a million dollars left, you either go find bank debt or get an investor in um, to, to mop it up. But we're finding bank debt is the best form of, of investment you can get. Um, so uh, they'll, they'll deal on a, a case-by-case basis for any opportunity. But the, it's the same requirement that they have all the time, which is half half the the money needs to be brought in from elsewhere. Um, questions probably around uh, vendor finance and who has first, first mortgage. Banks always want first mortgage, um, which is a risk for for vendors. But there can be some creative solutions around that where you vendor finance half the titles and do bank debt for the other half, or you know you just get creative, just knowing what's possible and what's not is the main thing from from the banks. Uh, and then the parties coming together. I've got a question. Um, one of the challenges for smaller farms is being profitable. So as soon as you bring an investor in, there's three parties in there that have all got to make a living or part of their living out of it. So. Does that investor model, in, in reality, are you finding that really only applies to either really good operations or bigger farms? Uh, yes and no. Um, when we first started this, we thought investors will want 10% plus returns and uh, they'll want to make sure it's 100% reliable. And then we realized, who knows why people want to invest? So, uh, we've got an investor who just wants to go there on weekends and doesn't want to return, just doesn't want to lose money. Um, it, it's people who land bank, um, who, who <laughs> it's so, it's so uh, interesting to see why people hand over money and, and we're not in the business of putting a no in people's mouths, I guess. We put it out there and just see who wants to, to have, a, have a crack at it. Obviously, we want to support farm operations that are viable uh, and we wouldn't put an investment opportunity up there that we didn't think was, was viable or, or matched with people. But again... Um, uh, it's just on a case by case basis. Um, I think not having an investor is a good thing. If you can do it just between yourselves and the bank, it's a, that's probably the best outcome. Um, but we are really, really passionate. I've just put a call out through a volunteer website trying to get an expert in, in finance to help us unlock this concept of a Bendigo bank for locals investing into local farms. How do you unlock locals to invest? And maybe locals are happy to take a 2%, 3% lease or, or whatever it is, knowing that they're going to bring young people back to their community. Um, and just we're just trying to get people to think more creatively. We're doing equity crowdfunding at the moment on a farm in Scottsdale, uh, which will be the second ever equity crowdfunded farm in Australia. So investors for $2,500 can own part of it, this farm, uh, the land, and they get a 5% uh, return plus the capital gains over time. Um, so one, our biggest issue is just trying to get as many ideas happening around how you can invest and who can invest and then we just put it out there and, and get people get people thinking and going. We had a lady call the other day, she goes, oh, I've seen what you're doing and I really want to invest into a farm and but I don't know how, can you help us? Um, and he's like, wow, I love more of those people and they're sitting, they're sitting around the country um, wanting opportunities and they just don't know what to do and um, we've just got to keep pulling opportunities together and you never know who's going to what's going to come around the corner. Can you just tell us a bit about the governance structure with that Scottsdale one? Yeah, so um, it's with an organisation called Domacom. They've got a 
financial arrangement, um, which they've been working with ASIC on, of which they um, they can crowdfund any land purchase. So they've done 50 residential yeah. properties. Um, so they set up a structure where anyone can invest money at $2,500 minimum, uh, and then they administer that fund. Um, that, that entity then leases the land out to the, the leasee, so the farmer. So the retiring farmer is going to stay on. They're selling half of the farm, retaining half of it, and then we're going to bring a young couple on to farm with them. Uh, and they've just got to pay a five percent lease um, as their uh, as their requirements as, as the farmers. So I don't know if I quite get it. So we're in the position of um, you know we're the aging farmers who and we've leased now to a bunch of young farmers. But looking to the future, if we want to find a way of transferring ownership to them. Um, we need to be able to like that's our retirement fund, like that's our retirement money is <laughs> all tied up in the farm. And so we would have to come up with a model that yields us at least a chunk of capital if we weren't going to live there anymore because we've got to be able to buy somewhere else. Yep. So that model you just described, would that do that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's probably half a dozen other models as well. Um, so the main thing would be, uh, how much is a town, a house in town? Yeah. <laughs> is probably your number one. Uh, okay, and how much do you need to live on? Uh, how confident are you in the returns every year, and yeah. and whether you want that as a, if you stay on as part equity owner? How much do you need every year to to live? If if the worst comes the worst and you can't find other employment or other money coming in, so they're probably the two biggest things: is how much do you need up front, how much do you need ongoing, and then third is can this farm actually do it, and would these yeah. young farmers be able to pay them pay it off over time? Oh, and if they can't do it themselves, you'd then be going, uh, and they can't earn in or, or over time, you go, well, let's go raise capital elsewhere. Uh, and then, then the question is, do you go equity crowdfunding? Do you go for a debt? Do you go to an investor? Do you talk to someone local who has money in the bank? Um, but again, all those questions are still going to be, what rate, yeah, what can the farm earn? Um, is it running in, in, uh, well enough to be able to pay back a, a, a basic mortgage uh, and sometimes the answer is no and I think that's fine and it may be part of the model is you run the farm and someone has to have off farm income and, and there's no correct um, or there's no I don't, I don't think you have to be proud that the farm it doesn't support in and of itself it's just again find the right people who go uh, you know the the wife might be the farmer and the husband goes and has a has an online job somewhere and brings in money and makes it all viable. It doesn't again we don't really care um, and we don't put no the no in people's mouths. It's just what do you want and let's try and find the right people. And it sounds like you've already got the right people, which is half ninety percent of the work is finding those people that you, you trust that can run the farm and know how to run the farm. And then it's just a, a conversation around the kitchen table of here's what we're thinking, here's what we need, and uh, let's spend the next few months unpacking how this could unfold. And so, um, Sam, in light of um, what you're saying about um, there being investors prepared to perhaps accept lower rates of return, what, in, in light of that, why do you say that the banks are still the best option? Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, it, it is still your best option for finance. Um, if you have, they are the best if you have some equity already. That's probably the <laughs> caveat. Um, they'll obviously want you know forty percent deposit, uh, whether that's you owning part of land already or, or cash. Uh, but it's just that there's so many banks out there already who do this conversation every single day. Um, and you can call them up and give them a spreadsheet and they'll go yes or no within half an hour. Um, versus an investor where you've got to go do due diligence. Um, 
pull a presentation together, let them know about yourself and give them confidence that you are very good. You know, oh, just, it takes probably six months to pull all that together and, and, and time yeah, and energy versus a phone call to the bank who does it. Um, it's just an investor doesn't require you to have equity, I guess, um, um, but the banks do. So it's just, again, just the horses for courses, but the more you can go to a bank, the better, I, I think. And what and what are you seeing in terms of um, interest rates in, from like banks at the moment? I mean, uh, you got any idea on that? I mean, I'm, I'm not familiar with where they're sitting post the recent round of cuts. Or yeah, I think it's all about relationships. The more you, <laughs> the more you know the bankers, the more you know that you're able to pull some some deals together. But um, I'm assuming around four, five, six, seven percent, just depending again on the on the operation and how confident they are in you and how well they know you and your business. Your business history, I guess. And how much equity do you start off with as well? Exactly. Yep. Yep. Very interesting. Sounds like there's still lots of questions being asked. Are there? Have you got many sort of solid examples yet? Because it's always easier if you can just do what somebody else has already done that worked. Do you feel like there's? You know that you're starting to actually get some matches on the board where people have thought through all the use and put something in place and it's actually solid and, and has worked. Yeah, so they're definitely solid examples, but yeah. I never, I think we'll never have a cookie cutter solution no. for every farm. That's the frustration for for us. I think we'll be wanting just to go, yeah, here are the six models and here you go, or the yeah. one model. Um, but we just realised everyone is just so different and has you know have quirky little family history issues that they've got to deal with, and, ugh. Um, which is great. But we've realised we just need to have all these different options around us so that we can pull this one, this one, this one together and, uh, to make it work. Um, so for the investor, the investor one maybe that's a good example with their young farmers. So. There's two entities, one's Freeland Pork and one is uh, the farm entity and the Freeland Pork pays a lease to the land the landowners. The business entity is a 50-50 uh, entity, you know, share, uh, uh, shareholders. So Freeland Pork, the young couple own 50% and that was from their current infrastructure and pigs they had already in their goodwill and the investor chucked in uh, an equivalent amount of money to own half the business. So that's a 50-50 business running at the moment, which pays the lease back to the landowner and the land the investor actually owns hundred percent of the land. They've got a um, an option agreement written for that land which says uh, Freeland Pork have the first right to buy this land back uh, at a certain rate every year so the investor gets a, a know they're gonna get a return. And so the aim of this young couple is to make the farm viable, put money into a savings account and buy it back in three or four or five years time. And that'll end up, if you're following, it means it'll be a 50-50 ownership of the land and a 50-50 ownership of the business. Uh, and that's a win-win for both for both parties. And then they'll go off and they'll probably buy more land together or who knows what they do uh, So is the, the original farmer or the investor bought the farm? Investors, independent, we brought the investor in and they, yeah. they just purchased the land like they, they bought other land before. Um, yeah. I like that option agreement plan with uh, 
with a preset amount each year, so like that investor knows that like if they, if they come to me with a check this year, I'm, this is my return. Um, yeah. And if they don't come with me for a check this year, they come next year. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to be making a return. Otherwise, it's um, yeah, that's that, and 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 it's great for the farmers too because they know well, this is how much we've got to save up. This is this is our, our target of, yeah. of what we've got to buy our buy-in. Um, yep. Interesting, a really interesting um, structure. Oh, I really like that. Yeah, like and that. that took a while, and that was the investor coming up with that. We had three meetings. We met in the Kyabram, one of the Kyabram cafes, a few times, and everyone was going, oh, uh, <laughs> "How can this work?" And it's just this investor is just a really good person who's done crazy cool deals before, and he just said, "Look, oh, I was thinking one night, what if we did this?" And everyone said. Yeah, that sounds great. And, um, and we had a bit of time. We got lawyers to work it through and make sure it was all legitimate. Um, so everyone feels comfortable. Uh, but again, it's just this case by case. That might be a model that we go do ongoing. I know this arrangement of two entities is getting more and more common, uh, especially in the dairy industry. And I think it should be anywhere is that you have this land and business operation, um, especially for handing the farms on to the next generation of your own family. It's great you can give you give gifts some ownership into the business to your kids uh, and that slowly builds up over time and you slowly start buying into the land or, or more into the business uh, but that sort of two entity structure seems like a good operation a good, a good delineation to make certainly in New Zealand uh, share farming in the dairy industry is a very interesting way that banks come on board there's a lot of farmers there that don't own property that they might have dairy with it just with a herd, they don't own machinery. And Australia's been really slow on the uptake some of what the Kiwis have done. Have you seen other countries that are very innovative and in this principle? As far as, you know, a bit more um, a bit more creative in their thinking in transition to farms? No. Um, <laughs> it's really it's really uh I was going to say depressing, maybe it is, but it feels like what we're, and I don't want to blow my own horn, but it feels like what we're doing is really unique. So we're talking to a guy in US who has his farm land trust, and but they're all about buying land and getting a really low return from for investors and leasing it to landholders, so no ownership, and they've got a number of those sort of trusts out there, and there's there's Terra de Leon in, Amer in, um, in France that, uh, again, do that same, same thing, trying to get investors to take a low return to lease out to landholders. So they have sort of very structured solutions, like this one size has to fit all, but no one's focused on this. Just get people together and help them to scheme on a solution for themselves. So I don't, one, I don't know why the ag industry hasn't thought about creative solutions like New Zealand are. Like I don't know why dairy has to own the word share farming. Uh, like there's no reason why all these creative solutions can't be applied everywhere uh, at any stage. And it's not like we're inventing new uh, models here like vendor finance was the common thing back in the early 1900s I understand or even 1800 or maybe for all of history until banks got their head around it um, so we're not trying to create anything new here we're just trying to get people think to think about what it is they really want and then work back with some with some friends and family and clever, clever people on what's a good uh, structure to, to make it happen so I guess that's our job is to try and get people thinking uh, and be annoying with our content online and just tell people it's possible it's possible it's possible <coughs> Uh, until we get more more uh, opportunities coming and more case studies, um, but we're we're confident next 10, 20, 30 years that um, people will get this and they won't straight away think that they have to to sell their farm. They'll go, yeah, that we know there's heaps of options. 
Um, we're, we've been headhunting the right farmer for the last 20 years and we think we've got them and, yeah. and we're just enacting the transition model now. Beautiful. Well, I think we might use that technology failure as a, note, as a, as a, as a time to wind up, Sam. Um, thanks so much for your time. It's, it's actually time for us to go for lunch. Um, thanks for that. Uh, everyone, just get Sam on. Thanks, mate. We really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll chat again soon and get a copy of that. Uh, yes, um, yes. Do you want to just explain a little bit about how Cultivate Farms model works? People sort of signing up for membership and stuff like that. Yeah, so you can be a free aspiring farmer, or you can pay. But it's one hundred fifty dollars a year, and then for retiring farmers, we charge a matchmaking fee, which is four thousand dollars a match. But we are completely open to adjusting that figure because we just want more more matches. But we're just trying to figure out how to make money out of this so we can keep the doors open, and uh, we can I can live for another year probably. Is what I've calculated. So we'll just get those up until we uh, make this work. Thanks, thank you. Okay, thanks, mate. Thank Appreciate you. It. All right, mate. We'll chat soon. Eh? Cheers, Matthew. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Thanks for your attention. We know there are thousands of other things you could be doing or other podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen to listen to us. We appreciate your time so much. Please reach out uh, as we're happy to work through your farm ownership pathway with you. Let's get you farming.